Welcome to episode 37 of What Lies Beneath, a podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, those new to hockey, and hockey fans looking to have some fun. Uh, this is going to be an interesting episode. I'm literally uh, on a beach, pretty much. I'll explain that in a second. Uh, we have to get into our Kraken reaction, free agency. It's not all done, but we definitely had a big flurry of signings with uh, the Seattle Kraken. We will recap, and we will talk about what may still happen. Also, Seattle Kraken Development Camp. We saw Shane Wright on the ice. Pretty awesome. And Ed Olchik, he joins the Root Sports broadcast team. This is, a, this is a big sign to me that you should invest heavily in being a Seattle Kraken fan. So if you already are a Kraken fan, as I assume you would be since you're listening to this podcast, life is going to be good this upcoming season. Let's get to it. Welcome to episode 37 of What Lies Beneath. What's going on? My name is Jeff Januzic, and this is my friend and co-host, Joey Cirillo. So the summer of Kraken pod shit continues, mm-hmm. and we are, are, are planning a big fall once the season starts, which is great. Like, we're building the Kraken pod studios, but uh, yes. right, right now I am broadcasting from a elevated porch at the <laughs> Ma- Mandeville Lakefront, which is on the North Shore of New Orleans, so across... Lake Pontchartrain from New Orleans is where mm-hmm. I live. I work in New Orleans, and I'm actually at a client's uh, holistic veterinary clinic on their porch because <laughs> they've got sweet Wi-Fi. This thing, you should see that this clinic is amazing. Like, they they do amazing. My dog is actually here getting treated for um, – he's got terrible skin allergies, so, like, they're mm. doing all this stuff to his skin, which is cool. Gotcha. Yeah, so yeah. So, basically, instead of, like – it's called vet naturally. Instead of, like, pumping them full of steroids and stuff like that, like, you know, traditional – veterinary medicine does is they like actually treat the skin which is crazy um and they're making them uh be less itchy so anyway nice. that's that's ryan but it's it's so i might have to make this my permanent remote uh recording spot because i'm literally looking at the lake there's a breeze so people can't see you and i can and i'm i'm loving this because like i said before we started recording you're looking swagtastic right now like the hair is flowing because you got the wind coming off the lake right there so the yep. hair's the hair's blowing in the wind. My wisps. Yeah, you had the wisps going. You have the nice shades on right now. You look nice and relaxed, man. I'm kind of I'm kind of digging the vibe that you're putting out there. It's setting the mood for the entire podcast. You know, I'm trying to set I'm trying to set my routine um, for the fall because the kids are going back to school in two weeks. Mm-hmm. That means that my wife and I my wife and I get um, you know consistency through the week, which is important for business for life. And um, I went to the gym this morning at, at six in the morning. What? And like, yeah, dude, I'm trying to be trying to be on top of my my my, my stuff. So I'm trying to like you know, and that, that leads into, into cracking by stuff. Done. Yeah. Damn, so man, you know, you go. All right. Cool. My, my my wife helped to level up my my sunglasses game. I'm doing all these. I'm doing all the things. Say, so yeah, those are some nice shades you're rocking there. I don't I don't know if you picked those out yourself, but they look good. She has she has no. good taste. Please, well, I tried to tell the misses. I said that they look good on you. This is how it works. She either gets me stuff and says, hey, I'm going to get you this. I was like, cool. Or like with the glasses, we go to an actual sunglasses store. And I try a bunch on. She goes, I like those. I say, cool. And then <laughs> done and done. Easy peasy. Yeah. Meanwhile, I feel like I'm on the opposite page over here. You're like, oh, man, you sound like you have a cold. And I'm like, nah, I've just been on a little bit of a bender. So, so I saw a, a tweet on Saturday night mm-hmm. that, that uh, said you were out doing the yes. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw on Monday that yes. you were yesterday. It was yesterday because we recorded yeah. this Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. You were out at Joey K's, which is an amazing New Orleans restaurant on Magazine Street in yeah, New like Orleans. A, like a nice look, kind of low-key neighborhood spot with the kind of the classic Southern mm-hmm. dishes. Yep, yep. And in, in New Orleans on Mondays, it's traditional to eat red beans and rice because back mm-hmm. in the day, um, that was typically laundry day, right? Way back in the day, laundry day, like hundreds, you know, a hundred years ago. And, uh, you know, the people who ran the household, typically the, the women of the house, they would put the beans on the stove to, to cook all day long while they did laundry. And that's where the red beans and rice tradition took over, as far mm-hmm. as I can tell. Right? You're the food dude. So am I telling this right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're pretty much spot on, man. You're, you're doing good. 
So anyway, I saw a picture yesterday that you were at Joey K's having red beans and rice and you were keeping it going. You had a, a big fresh beer. So are you okay? Yeah. Do you want to join my workout routine? Are you ready to do the, the 6 a.m. workouts? Yeah, no, I'm good on that, but I appreciate the <laughs> offer. Um, <laughs> um, no, man, it's just a uh, long story short. I had uh, so I was in the Navy for four years and I have uh, most of my buddies I was in with. Um, we all got out after four, but some stayed in. My buddy Jason stayed in, and uh, he's actually being sent off to Bahrain at in uh, October. So when our wow. season starts, um, you know he's he's going to be gone for eighteen months. So he has to do some training in Texas, and he lives in Florida. And he was driving through, and he was like, "Hey, is it cool if I just stop in New Orleans and you know check some shit out with you for a couple of days? Because I've never been." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, absolutely. You don't even have to ask." So he rolled in. And then spent three nights uh, at my house, and I was just trying to show him as much as humanly possible in New Orleans in a span of 72 hours. And so I've just been on an eating and drinking bender. And, um, you know, I'm glad I got to see him. But this morning, like, he left really early this morning. And I was like, all right, dude, I love you. I'll talk to you soon. But um, I'm wiped the fuck out. So, yeah, that's where, <laughs> that's where we're at right now. So it was a lot of drinking. I had the one beer yesterday, like you just mentioned. And then afterwards, I, I immediately like, went home. And I'm not a napper. Like, I used to be, and now I'm not. I just, like, I don't know. I don't have time for it. I'd rather just deal with it and go to bed at an earlier time that same day. But I couldn't, I couldn't resist, man. Like, I was struggling so hard. So yesterday, I passed out for a solid, like, hour and a half uh, to recharge the batteries. And uh, yeah, but you know, we're good to go. I'm here. It sounds like I have a bit of a cold, but it's not. I just, you know, self-induced a lot of booze, especially on Sunday. Like we, we went pretty, pretty hard in the paint. I mean, it was we highlights? What were the highlights? Like, red. where'd you go? What'd you do? Well, we did. So we did the, uh, and people listening will appreciate this that have never been to New Orleans. Or maybe they've only visited like once or twice. So I did like all of the hits, you know, I, I took him to all the tourist spots because I wanted him, you know, you got to show somebody Bourbon Street as much as, you know, locals don't go there, uh, you know, who, who obviously live here because that's not a thing that we do. You have to do it. You have yeah, to. Yeah, I took him to Bourbon Street. I took him to Lafitte's, which, uh, is arguably the oldest bar in america they have a drink there i don't even know the actual name of the drink everyone just calls it purple drink it's basically like an everclear slushy with purple uh so you get one of those and then we went over to pat o'brien's we did the hurricanes which is another drink that originated in new orleans from pat o'brien we did the piano bar there we went to like a dive bar where it was a five dollar uh, shots and shot in a beer. Did that. We went from there to uh, this bar called Molly's, and it's an Irish bar, also in the yeah. French Quarter. We did frozen Irish coffees. Then my trick is I'll get the frozen Irish coffee, and then I order uh, a shot of Screwball on the side because I like to add the peanut butter whiskey to it. It kind of elevates. Yeah. Is that good? Cup. I've seen that at the store. Delicious, delicious, delicious. So, okay. um, so yeah, and that was after we had already been wandering around like we had stopped by parasols in the irish channel we ate firecracker shrimp po boys and drink beers Jesus, there. you did like you literally yeah. did the tourist dream like this is yeah that's... yeah 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 and i made sure that taking to some food spots that like you know locals know about but like a tourist would have a hard time finding like i took him to this restaurant clancy's the night he got in oh, yeah. which is like a classic new orleans neighborhood you know restaurant and we did the whole we did the whole thing there. I actually know uh, the server. He's a neighbor of mine. So that was that was nice. And we got hooked up there. Yeah, man. So basically, I've just been running around New Orleans, just eating and drinking like a fucking, uh, you know, storm uh, throughout the entire city. And, and now I'm tapped out. and I'm supposed to fly to Nashville in like 14 hours. So we'll see how that goes, man. Wow. Like you yeah. are. I, here's what I'm, what I'm thinking when you were describing that is. All right. So I know we're trying to get to Seattle to see a game this upcoming season and that's in the works right yeah, yeah but dude there's got it there should be some sort of a maybe next off season maybe a kraken pod you know trip to new orleans <sighs> yeah and ma- tell me but i'm in it could kill yeah well no i'll be there because i can't die and i can't get yeah. too crazy but i can get a little crazy but i can't get too crazy so like i can help to keep you from the depths of that but I also too we that. could show we could show our fans like you know what you just described it, like honestly like that tour right there you could sell that tour to tourists what joey just described it's like the best possible stuff which is awesome yeah like i said i like to do a combination of playing all the hits like things you need to see as a first timer but also sprinkling in some things that you might not know otherwise if you're visiting here for the first time and he appreciated it like he's a low-key dude 
like, you know, kind of like a go with the flow. And he's like, Hey man, I, you know, I trust you. We can do whatever you want. So we did the whole thing. We did Frenchman in the street and everything too. So we were all over the damn city and here I am. I, you know, managed to uh, survive the depths and uh, here we are. Seattle awesome, dude. Well, I tell you what, that's, that's fantastic. The vibes are high right now. The vibes are good amongst us here at the Kraken pod, but especially if you're not pumped about next season for your Seattle Kraken, then God save you, right? Because we've got a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. Welcome to your Kraken Reaction. By the way, Joe, you just made me really hungry. I've not eaten anything yet. And like I said, I worked out early this morning and like sweated my ass off. I went to I started quick, Orange, quick Orange Theory. Yeah, Orange Theory Fitness. Ooh, and it's like, damn, son, you're going all the way in. My wife's been doing it for like months and it's cool and I, I need that. It's like it's I, really I, cool, I need but it's also without getting too nerdy with it, just be be cautious. Uh orange theory is actually like really, really hard on your joints. So if oh, you no, have yeah, like yeah. some joint issues going on, um it actually will make it worse. But it's a great workout. But like just anyways, I'm just throwing that out there for any orange theory nuts. So thank you. Thank you. No, it's it's true. Like they have options for like instead of hitting the treadmill, I can do the the power walking, which yeah, which actually yeah, yeah. like honestly, like I feel like I could go try out for the cracker right now. Cause I've gone I've gone I've now gone to the orange theory like five times. <laughs> so I, I feel like I'm ready. Where's I totally entry level contract is what we're asking for. Minimum seven hundred K a year. He's gone yeah. to Orange Theory five times. Ron, what's going on here, man? Like, hook up the contract already. I'll cut you a deal. 70K. Let's do that. I'll be yeah. equipment manager play. slash seventh line guy. You know what I mean? Like, hook me up. <laughs> so what a, what a couple of weeks. I mean, we went from the draft into free agency. And I don't yeah. know, since we started this podcast and since, you know, we really got into being Seattle Kraken fans, I, that might have been the pinnacle of excitement. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty damn up there. The draft was for me personally, like the free agency excitement is there and it's still kind of there because, you know, in the background right now, Ronnie is still fielding phone calls and doing his damn thing. But uh, free agency, like going into, I was pretty excited. But the draft for me was like peak excitement because that was, you know, like, again, there's a lot of rumors that started swirling around like a week or two prior to the draft. Didn't know if it was going to go chalk, if it was going to go in a different direction. And the next thing you know, uh, you know, things kind of did a pivot and all those rumors started to be true. And then Shane Wright falls at four and the rest is history. Ron goes out there and does a mic drop. Shane stares down the Montreal uh, table, even though in an interview afterwards, he said that he didn't do that. I'm going to pretend like he did. And uh, yeah, and the rest is history. Now Shane Wright is a Kraken and it also shaped how the Kraken were going to approach free agency because I don't think that they were really projecting, um, you know, Shane Wright to join the Kraken. Now the Kraken have, you know, arguably the youngest and best, you know, top one, two center combination across the league. Well, I, I, that it's so exciting. And, and with adding in the free agency, I don't know. It's like, this is that, you know, it's like the, we're going to be the most optimistic. And I mentioned it last week is before the first puck of the first game dropped, because like literally anybody could be a Stanley cup champion right now. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It just seems really, really super exciting. And I think they did a fantastic job in free agency. So we should recap for you, which you probably know most of this as to what happened with the Seattle Kraken during free agency. So, I mean, the biggest free agent signing was Andre Burakovsky, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. So he just, yeah. So he just won. uh, And again, a lot of people might know some of this information, but we'll go over it anyways, because we got to recap this stuff. So yeah, Burakovsky is without a doubt the biggest signing. He's a top six, he's a top six winger. He's a guy that the Kraken want to have on their team. He just won the Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche last year, career season, 61 points. That's 22 goals and 39 assists in 80, in 80 total games. So then I went back and I started looking at the Kraken top scores from last season. That would have actually led the Kraken because our top scorer was Father Canner, Jaron McCann. He had 49 points on the season on 27 goals and 22 assists. Now, I know that you can't really compare those things because it sounds like the stats are equal. So it's like, oh, Burkowski would have been with the Kraken. He would have been our top scorer. So this is a great deal. Uh, it was it was a five-year, $5.5 million AAV. That was the biggest thing for me, Jeff, because for me – like the term not being too long and them not really overspending for him. Like he's making the same money like Jaden Schwartz is. And I'm completely, completely okay with that. I don't think it ties the Kraken into anything crazy. 
The money isn't going to break the bank. But the reason why it's kind of like apples and oranges is because, um, you know, if you look like an example is Philip Grubauer. And this is not a knock on Gruby, but everyone looked at him and his stats for the abs. And then when Seattle gave him all that money to come to the team, uh, you know, in their inaugural season and it didn't perform statistically like everyone thought he was going to do for the avalanche and they started burying him, which, you know, we said was bullshit throughout the season. And we were group, uh, groupie defenders because a lot of it was on team defense. But what I'm saying is, is that like, yes, the, the obvious answer here is that being on an elite team, both offensively and defensively, a team that went on to win the Stanley cup, like your stats are going to be boosted. So it's one of those things where, Yes, he had a career year last season, but, uh, you know, I don't expect him to hit those same numbers with the Kraken, but I do expect him to be a top producer. And I'm really, really excited to have him on our team. And it's a guy that we needed to get. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think what's important here is that I did see, I did see that uh, a lot of people were saying things like, oh, man, you know, we're overpaying for this guy. He produced and had his you know, his biggest season ever high offensive output team. Right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and I think that, I think that people are like, Oh, he's not gonna be able to do that on the Kraken. Well, look, look at what we're dealing with is we, we, we need offense. I really feel like he's going to have a career year again, this coming season. Like people are saying, basically he played with great offensive players. That's why his output was so high. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's going to be, he's a very talented dude who was honestly probably held back a little bit because he was playing with so many great offensive players. He didn't get as much time as he, as he deserved. Now on the Kraken, he's got a chance to be, you know, one of the top guys. So I think he's going to do really great. He's, he's skilled. He's a hard, hard worker he's he's going to help uh, increase the output for the Seattle Kraken. So I think it's an awesome spending, and I know a lot of people wanted him, and it's great. Yeah, and it's also one of those things where we don't need to make it overly complicated. The dude is good. Uh, again, top six winger, and it gets added to the Kraken, and this just overall boosts the entire lineup of the team, and it gives them more options moving forward. That's a win-win. And also, really quick with him, he's got a great shot. So you're looking at him as a, as a potential first-team power play unit. The Kraken were not strong with the PP. Burakovsky, very strong PP. Like the Kraken last year were 29th in the league out of 32 at a 14.5% clip as far as scoring on the power play chance. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, this guy's going to improve the team. This was a great deal. If you're looking at term, you're looking at AAV, like everything kind of checks all the boxes here. So I have no issues whatsoever with the Burakovsky uh, signing, I think it was a great move. Um, you know, the Avalanche obviously couldn't couldn't bring him back. And if you want to look at a really cool highlight, look what he did against Game One in Tampa um, against uh, Tampa Bay uh, for the Stanley Cup Finals, man. Because he had the he had the game winning goal, and it was a hell of a shot. And the guy's a hell of a player, so I'm really excited to have him. And you know, having a guy that's won a cup with the you know on a previous squad is not going to hurt the Seattle Kraken whatsoever. Give me all the Stanley Cup experience, which by the way, the three guys that we're going to talk about like they've all they've all won before, so. Dude, I tell you what, I think it's a great thing and that's just, you know, one of the, you know, great options here for the Kraken, the Kraken with uh with with Burkowski coming on board. And then they yes. they, they did a whole bunch of, they did they did a whole bunch. The the Kraken still did a whole bunch. So who else do we sign? What's that going to get us? And then we also got to talk about what else we can still do because there's still yeah. some guys out there. Yeah, so really quick, we can go over the two other really big, you know, big signings, the ones that everyone was, you know, everyone being Seattle Kraken fan base were talking about us. Justin Schultz uh, coming over from the Washington Capitals. You know, he's a veteran defenseman. He's uh, a right-handed shot defenseman, which the Kraken need. That's, that's still a need they have to address, which we'll talk about in a second here. Uh, you know, he's 32 years old. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He won in 2016 and 2017 with Pittsburgh, your favorite team. And uh, yeah, man, and also really interesting fact. I noticed that he's actually from uh, British Columbia, so he gets to be closer to home. I don't know if that's a thing that he really cares too much about, but it is a fact. And the other player was Martin Jones. This was something that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now where we knew that Seattle needed a stopgap after the Chris Drigger injury to help out Grubauer. Because the fact of the matter is, like, even though we're a pro Joey Pod over here, shout out Joey Decord, we don't believe that he's fully ready. Like, they've given him some chances. Honestly, some of them were, like, kind of messed up. Like, Jeff, do you remember, like, towards the end of the season when they, like, had him fly a red eye? But he had to have, like, a connecting flight because they couldn't get him a nonstop from, like, Charlotte all the way to Seattle. 
And then like a couple hours later, he was starting in net on the road against Vancouver. Like that was kind of setting him up for failure. Right, right. So Martin Jones, you know, he's 32 years old. Last year, he played 35 games in net. Um, He had a point uh, nine hundred, like on the on the dot uh, uh, save percentage. Oh, sorry, nine oh seven, and his career is nine hundred. So last last season, he had a three point four two goals against average. So listen, it's not you don't look at those numbers, you're not completely blown away by it. Like it is what it is. But at the end of the day, everybody knew that the Kraken were going to look at a, a veteran goalie that they could put in the net that's going to help out the team until Chris Drieger is ready to return. And a quick note that I also wanted to make is and I think I talked about this last week, is that when the Kraken hired their new goalie coach, uh, Steve Briere, and if I'm you know, mispronouncing his, uh, his last name there, I sincerely apologize, and this is where everyone can take a drink, but uh, Steve Briere, I thought that him coming into the organization was going to have an impact on who they picked up in free agency. That actually ended up being true because this guy, uh, Steve Briere, came in and was immediately talking to the organization about who he was interested in. He specifically was seeking out Martin Jones. Now, for specific reasons, like we're not exactly sure, but he watched a lot of tape on him and liked what he saw and thinks that there are some adjustments that he can make. So I'm excited to see what Breer can do with Martin Jones. I also uh, noticed that Breer has already been meeting with Grubauer, and they're starting to develop that relationship. Like they've been going out to dinners together. Grubauer is already in Seattle, and he's working out. So it's one of those things where, like, that hire played a role into who the Kraken got. You know, the Kraken, it's not going to blow anybody away. You know, everyone's like, oh, this guy sucks, or oh, he's decent, whatever. But the Kraken needed to get a goalie, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, I think it's awesome because two things. is like, it, it's neat. It, it gives Gru fans, you know, I'm a Gru fan, the note of confidence that, you know, we are a Gru first team, right? Martin Jones is a solid guy he is not a starter but he's somebody that you know has tons of nhl experience that can come in and and be a reliever for Gru. so that's a good you know two-headed monster and who knows maybe he can revitalize his career with the kraken so you know i'm excited to see what grubauer does with a better team in front of him and now we have martin jones to back him up so that's fantastic and we still got some talent you know um coming up the ranks which is fantastic so yeah everything everything kind of started with shane Wright. you know what i'm saying like again once he fell into our laps at four like that kind of reshaped how everything was going to go moving forward also really quick on note on jones he won the stanley cup as well 2014 with the kings and then after that when he went to san jose that's when he kind of started i don't want to say like fell off a cliff but there's definitely a, a difference in his uh in his playing ability since then but yeah maybe he can revitalize himself he's not exactly that old i mean he's 32 years old he'll be fine but again you're adding another guy to the roster that's won a stanley cup and he knows what it takes to win and so you know again the kraken needed to get a goal and they did it so I took a look moving forward now. So I took a look at Cap Friendly, and I took a look at Cap Friendly today to see where Seattle Kraken stands. We are just over $9.8 million in cap space, and the roster space has 22 uh, spaces on the team to, like, to fill out their roster. The Kraken have filled out 20 out of 23, and out of 50 overall contracts the team is allowed, they are at 35 out of 50. And Ron Francis right after free agency, like the first couple of days after these signings were made. And, you know, he's still, again, I've been saying he's been kicking the tires on things and he has been because he's openly stated, Hey, I'm fielding phone calls. We're seeing what's all out there. Like he's going to talk to all these teams and figure out what's up. But his exact quote was and quote, we're still up there working the phone lines. The, there are some things that we're still looking at. And he, he said that and he made a note that like he was laughing while he said that, but it's one of those things where it's like, yes, the Kraken are still not done. There are still some players available, which we'll be talking about, you know, soon here on the podcast. But I, I don't know, Jeff. I, I kind of feel like I don't know if it's going to be any crazy big signings or anything like that. Like, I do not expect like, a cadre or anything like that to go to the Kraken, especially with Shane Wright. That just wouldn't make any sense. But I don't know. I'm looking at this team right now. And, yeah, I can see them having a couple more signings, but nothing too overall splashy. Because the reality is, like, they made some moves that are going to improve the overall roster but they did it without breaking the bank because as much as, you know, it'd be nice to spend a lot of money on somebody or maybe even two players. uh, The reality is that now we have two guys who, you know, are potential, you know, bricks of the franchise uh, futures of the franchise. And after a couple of years, like they're going to be owed some big time money and we have to take those things into consideration. I mean, shit, if they both make the roster full time this year and hit their bonuses, that comes out of our cap space. 
So these are all things that I think Ron is thinking about. And I think he's doing a, a good job uh, by thinking about them in this current moment. So, I mean, I think we should jump right into the potential free agents still out there that, you know, could potentially help the Kraken. Are you down with that? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can get right into that. This actually, I mean, no dumb question. So there you go. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a, let's go right to the no dumb question, which, you know, this is something that we do on every single podcast episode. We like to, if you've got a question, you're afraid to ask another podcast about it. We're here for you. We will never shame you for asking a question. There are no dumb questions on this. So if you're new to hockey, you've been around hockey for a long time, you got a question for us, we'll figure it out and we'll answer it for you. And uh, the question this week is basically that, right, Joey? Yeah, exactly. The question this week, and I kind of came up with this on the fly, and the question is, uh, who are the top free agents that are still available across the league? Now, I only did the top three, and again, a lot of people maybe have information on this, but you know, some might not, so we're going to talk about it real quick. So to break down exactly what went on in free agency as far like in the terms of size, uh, on day one of free agency in the NHL, there were 150 signings. Day two, fell off a cliff. There's a little bit over 50. And ever since then, again, free agency is still open. You still have some guys out there who are really, really good that are looking for a home and they're trying to find a deal with the right franchise and kind of get the right fit. But since then, it's been mostly entry level and roster depth signings like the Kraken have done this. A lot of teams across the league have done this. I don't think this is debatable. The number one person that's still available on the market is Nazim Kadri. Four and a half million dollar cap hit last year. He's 31 years old. Um, he might not technically be in his prime, but he just came came off of you know, the best season of his career. Again, you can say, well, you know, you can adjust those stats because look on the team that he played with. But this is a guy that a lot of teams are going to want that I used to want on the Seattle Kraken until Shane Wright fell to the team at, at four overall. How do you feel about Kadri? I don't think I don't think I want him anymore. Like, I love him. I think he's awesome. I really yeah. would. I do. I do love him. But I'm looking more at that 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 second biggest free agent out here like Kadri yes. would be great it doesn't make sense we've got enough young talent and we've got Burkowski's like we don't need to add Kadri but well, who I'm talking about is Dallas Stars defenseman John Klingberg who's still yes. out there and he's been linked to Seattle the Seattle Kraken so it makes <sighs> sense it makes sense for him to come to the Seattle Kraken. We've got the space. We've got the room. He's a talented um, defenseman. He's a great defenseman, but he also has an offensive ups- upside. He'd be number one on that power play. Um, yes. He, it, makes, it makes sense to go after this guy. And I, I, I feel I wouldn't put a $10 bet on it, but I put a $5 bet on it that okay. John, John Klingberg's coming to the Seattle Kraken. And in my experience, you know, you have the free agent frenzy that gets nuts. And then we have a couple of weeks of nothing. Um, you know, maybe like August, we'll start hearing some stuff. But I think that's what we'll hear about where Kadri goes, that sort of thing. You know, John Klingberg mm-hmm. wants a multi-year contract with the team. Um, we can do that. I think having somebody, you know, that has experience and can really up the offensive game on D, it just makes absolute sense to add him there. I don't think it makes any more sense to invest in higher priced um, offensive free agents. So I like John Klingberg. I honestly think he's coming to the Seattle Kraken. Interesting. Okay. So I'm trying not to get my hopes up here because this is a guy that I, for a while now have really, really wanted Seattle to go after. In fact, I was delusionally like confident that for some reason, day one of free agency that I was going to see uh, John Klingberg signs with the Seattle Kraken his um his contract last season it wasn't too bad it was 4.25 million AAV obviously he's going to be looking for more than that moving forward uh the good part about uh you know Washington state is that there's no uh, there's no state income tax so i think that has to play a factor he's only 29 years old dude i'm with you 100% i don't think the kraken need to be overspending or spending too much really on offensive power in fact i really thought that the team was going to start addressing like defensive needs and it's gone the complete opposite direction. Now I'm like, we really need to focus on this. He's the top defenseman that's available, period, point blank. Um, but from all the reading that I have done after the season that he's just come off of and how good he is and also the market that's available to him, he is in no rush whatsoever to sign with the team. So like you said, it's going to be crickets for a while. At least we think it is. But then you're going to start hearing some things again. But God, would I love him to be on the crack. And like, can you mention like the first power play unit? Can you imagine like having Klingberg and Burakovsky like added to our uh, our first power play unit? Like the difference that that would make immediately on the ice would be so drastic. But again, it has to be a deal like a Burakovsky deal where you're getting, you know, 
nothing crazy. Like you don't want to attach guys to seven, eight years because there's a lot of stuff that crack and have to figure out in the future. I mean, shit, Madden Veneers, his entry level contract is up in two years. Shane Wright is up in three. And if those guys pan out, like we think they're going to pan out, they're going to be owed a lot of cash. And so the Kraken don't want to, and Ron Francis said to himself, they don't want to put themselves into a corner where you start forking out all this money for these guys because you want the team to, you know, uh, compete for a playoff spot next season. And then two in two to three years, like, oh, shit, like <laughs> we were not prepared for this. But yes, long story short, I would love Klingberg to come to the Kraken if, you know, if the term and the money looks right. But who knows? Because from what I saw, Dallas is still really making a, a push to, to keep him there. Well, I, I, I think they are, but he, he hasn't signed just kind of like Johnny Gaudreau. And he signed with the Columbus out of the blue, uh, which was crazy. Um, he obviously had something against the, the Flames. He's ready to get out of, of Calgary. Something went down there. We'll find out more as, as life goes on. But the same thing, I think, might be brewing with, with Klingberg. And I would like to see him you know, yes. on, the, on the Kraken for sure. It would be worthwhile. Um, I didn't really watch him a ton last season. He, he had a, a – a, he was – minus 28 plus minus yeah um, but that means he played a lot and he did play a lot and you know the the, the stars are you know we're an okay team i mean you know yes. they, they they um did they make the playoffs did they barely make the playoffs yeah, did no. they made the playoffs because they had that epic series because their goaltender went fucking bananas that's right that's and they right, caught, that's and they right. Caught fire then all of a sudden like the dallas stars became like everyone's team because it was so fun to watch them play because they were just shutting people out but again it's it's what you were sharing with me and like indoctrinating me into the world of hockey, which is one of those things where if you have a goalie that catches fire at the right time, you can ride that goalie into the playoffs and make some things happen. That's exactly what happened with the Dallas Stars this past season. Well, the other thing is, you know, Ryan Donato. What's going on with Ryan Donato? No, man. I want uh-huh. him back so bad. I'm trying. I do a good job of like not getting like emotionally attached, um, you know, too much. I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely will fall in love with players and root for certain guys, but I understand that it's also a business. Like I'm a grown man. My views and like the way I, the way in which I watch sports um, have, have shifted with all that being said, I love Donato. He had such a good season with the Kraken. He wants to be there. You know, he loves the team. He loves the fans. Uh, he loves being in Seattle. He's a guy that's deserving of a contract. I just think that they, again, it, it's all about the terms. And I know that they didn't offer him before because Ron, and he, to his credit, he's been so transparent. It's almost like, should he be sharing all this information with us? Because he flat out was like, we didn't want to go to arbitration with him. That's why we didn't make an offer. And if we can figure something out, we'll figure something out. So I really, really want him back. Do you feel the same? Or are you okay with he walks? I'm okay if he walks, you know, Ryan, and I, I respect Ryan Donato for sure. Yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, like, but I'm not, I'm not too emotional. The guys that I'm emotionally attached to on the Kraken are, are sticking around. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You know, Grubauer is like, I'm not, I'm not a diehard Groove fan, but I am a Groove fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird. Like I, I love yeah. him. I love his personality. I love, I want to see him have a great season and I'll really fall in love with him. But the same, like, you know, you know, turbo, you know, Brandon Tanev, um, Yanni Gord, Yanni Gord for sure. You know, like yeah, all those guys. Like for some, I hate to say it, and if you if you're a, a Donato fan, you you listening, you know, I'm I, I again, I'm just trying like, to like, damn you. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to play, I'm trying to play GM a little bit and think like, man, this guy, yeah. it's, it's got to be hard. It's hard, you know, you can't get too emotionally invested in guys. I mean, but at the same time, that is a factor in things. You know, if guys want to be yes. there, I feel like I feel like he's he's sticking around. I mean. I do Nobody's- too. I had this weird gut feeling where I'm trying not to panic because I'm like, I just have a feeling it's going to get done and maybe I'm delusional and maybe we'll be wrong, but my gut's telling me they're going to end up working it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, you know, some other names out there. Phil Kessel's out there. I mean, yes. he's not, he's not the same dude that he was, you know, no. five years ago, but no. I don't know. He's, he can score some goals and he's, he's awesome to have on a team. He's, he, from what I understand is one of the best locker room guys on the planet. Like everyone just seems like, if you just look at a, like a photo of him, he just looks like a dude that I would fall in love with. Like Phil Kessel fucks. I mean, this guy just looks looks like a badass but yeah you're right he's 34 years old but he had a sneaky 52 points last season the hardest thing for him is that right now his contract hit last year was eight million dollars on the season so arizona is going to have to figure that situation out and i also um i would be remiss if i didn't correct myself jake odinger that's the goalie for the dallas stars that caught fire last season i had to shout out him because he's he's incredible just watching him like i'm excited to watch them play more uh next season but yeah so phil kessel i just made a note about him because it's like I actually feel like it's kind of 
borderline like criminal that he's not being talked about as much because even though he is 34 years old and like you said he's not the same player this is a guy that can provide a lot of value to a team and if they can figure out the money situation he's going to go somewhere and make that team very happy i mean he's also a right winger like he's not somebody that the kraken are looking at at least i don't think so we should be focused on defense klingberg and uh but uh, yeah, he's he's a guy that I feel like we had to talk about because he is, in my opinion, a top three free agent. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I would say so. I would say so. Have you watched any of the, the development camp stuff? I know there's been some stuff on social media, but you know, seeing Shane yeah. Wright on the ice, which is uh, which is pretty awesome. And yes. explain too what happened uh, in the Seattle Crack development camp uh, with what Shane Wright did on the ice, which was like a very understated, just you know, but awesome moment in Seattle Crack in history. This is again, and I feel weird like talking about this in this context because I kind of feel like I'm just beating the same drum over and over again. But the little nuanced things that the Seattle Kraken do, it's like I just feel like they always just find little ways here. And maybe I'm so fucking biased because I'm not paying attention to other organizations and maybe they're, they're doing similar stuff. And honestly, like I'm completely open to admitting that because I'm wrong on most things in life, anyways. But it's one of those things where so Ron Francis came out onto the ice and he had Shane Wright sign his entry level contract on the ice in front of his teammates, in front of the fans. And then afterwards, he skated into the locker room and all the team, like, all, you know, all the players that were there for development camp were waiting for him. You know, they're spraying him down. They're celebrating. They're cheering like they're already building that camaraderie. And it was just a really cool moment because I just think it was a nice little touch for Ron to come out and have him do the contract on the ice in front of everyone and let him celebrate it. It's obviously a big moment. You know, he's been working probably his entire freaking life to get to this point. And I just thought it was a really cool way to like organically celebrate something. And uh, I don't know, man, it was just a really, really cool moment. And to see like how excited the other guys were for him and how pumped they are and just like building that friendship already like Ty Nelson, like that guy is all in. Like he just has like future fan favorite written all over him. Like there's just something about this dude. Like his personality is just so fucking awesome. Like it wasn't just the blue fedora that he was rocking uh, at the draft. But anyways, it was just a really cool moment, man. Like I just, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I'm glad that, um, you know, shout out to all the people on on social media, like Emerald City Hockey and, you know, the official Seattle Kraken Twitter and all those guys. Uh, guys and gals who were sharing it because like you know we don't live there we don't get to go to these things in person but being able to watch that was really cool you know it's just a Kraken love fest right now amongst Seattle Kraken fans and I, I it's awesome because it's it's like I'm telling you jump on the Kraken bandwagon now I mean like we're still taking members right we're still we're still yes. accepting new members to the Seattle Kraken bandwagon it's time to get on if you're I don't, first of all if you are not a Seattle Kraken fan I have no clue why you're listening to this podcast maybe it's you know somebody in my family or my uh, old high school buddy Daryl that I've been talking to this week out of the blue um but anyway so like I'm just saying this is mark my word right now it's 11 22 a.m central time uh, somebody from the Seattle Kraken will win the Calder Trophy in the 2022-23 season. Okay, it's it's happening. It. The new blood is going to is reinvigorating this team. The guys who went through hell, which is the first season in Kraken history, um, the guys who went through all the ups and downs, the insanity of it all. Right, they're excited because they see changes, they see see things going on, and the new blood's coming in to add more excitement. The fans are pumped. Everybody's pumped. We're still under the radar somehow. I think we're on some radars now, but I think we're still overall under the radar in the NHL. It is time to invest in the Seattle Kraken and become a big time fan. Uh, I'm glad that we were there at the, at the ground level. Um, and I'm, I'm super pumped to, to see what's going on, but somebody, somebody, and that basically means, you know, Shane Wright or Maddie Beneers will win the Calder trophy this season. So now I have to ask you a personal question. How is that going to make you feel as a Detroit native and, you know, Red Wing fan and now adopted Seattle Kraken fan? Because you just had Mo Sider win it for the Red Wings. If you had like Mo Sider and then Matty Beneers in the following two seasons, are you are you hockey Jesus? Like, are you floating around in heaven right now on skates? Like, like I want to know, like, what's going on in your mind? 
and how you feel about all this. And also, I just want to shout out the Red Wings really quick because, holy shit, man, they're free agency. They are not messing around. And it looks like uh, that organization is about to take a massive step forward. And they also play the Kraken, I believe, in January, too. So that might have to be the one that we try to make it out for. See, I'm a big believer in this is going to be very philosophical. I'm a big believer in just signs from the universe mm-hmm. of, of uh, and maybe it's because I, I'm optimistic and I look for these signs. Not that they don't happen. Is that so why like, you asked me if I was a Scorpio, Jeff, is that why you were by what is that? Is that why you asked if I was a Scorpio? Like, what's your sign? Do you believe? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Good, I absolutely don't believe with any of that. I'm a Gemini, and uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go from my optimistic self to to destroying you in ten seconds. So be careful. <laughs> um, Gemini you, you interrupted my flow. I'm on the beach sorry, right I'm now. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've got things going on. I'm Jesus. Come on, I can't man. See you because your video cut out. So I didn't know how to read. I know. It. I, apologize. I had to sorry. stop it because the 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 Wi-Fi veterinarian Wi Fi is wonky. Uh, anyway. But no. So I live in New Orleans. I'm from Detroit. There are, if I'm not going to go into it, but there's a lot of parallels between these two cities, the, the dysfunction, the, uh, the, 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 the positives. There's just a lot of things that I've, I've talked about often with this. And I, I firmly believe that I'm meant to be in new Orleans. Obviously my wife's from new Orleans and it's just in this area. It's just, it's meant to be, I love it. Right. So there's that now going into starting a Seattle Kraken podcast, just like most fans of the Seattle Kraken, you know, you really didn't know what it was going to be like being a fan, you know, growing up a Detroit Red Wings fan. And then all of a sudden getting together with you going like, Hey, let's, let's get into the Seattle crack. And I, I've struggled with it, with it for a little while and, you know, struggled in, you know, sports. Right. Yes. Um, but like, it, it was weird. It's like, I feel like I'm, you know, turning my back on the Red Wings. I feel like it's just, it's weird. I can't be a fan of both teams, but like, I just, I don't know. It just, it makes sense now. Like I can be extremely passionate about both teams and love both teams. And I truly do. And I just think the, as the Red Wings succeed, you know, and the Kraken succeed, I, I, I don't know. They're like tied together universally. Steve mm-hmm. Eisman. I grew up watching Steve Eisman and Ron Francis play hockey. Always respected Ron Francis. I grew up watching over the past 10, 15 years, these two icons of, of the NHL become leaders in the NHL coaching gms all these different things right and I, I i love what they've done and i really think that there's parallels between my two teams the red wings and the kraken they're they're both building like the detroit is rebuilding the kraken are building right you have very smart methodical general managers who are doing the right things they're investing in talent they're building farm systems they're setting up long term plays which is awesome because I grew up living in this bubble of enjoying Red Wings hockey for 26 years. That was championship level hockey almost every single year. That is a joy. And I really firmly believe that's coming to the Seattle Kraken. So long story short, back to what you're saying about, you know, Mo Sider winning the, the Calder this past season and then moving to, I believe, somebody from the Kraken winning the Calder this season. It just makes me so pumped and so happy. And like, look. The odds of a Seattle Kraken Detroit Red Wings Stanley Cup final are so low that I don't think I'll ever have to really worry about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I would, could it ever happen? Absolutely. Will these teams, I think in the next five years, be championship level teams? I really do firmly believe that. Now, will that ever happen? I don't know. Talk to me in five years when that happens, and I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I really don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I don't. But I don't have to fear that right now. I can just enjoy the ride for both of them. So, like, I'm so pumped for the future of the Detroit Red Wings. I'm so pumped for the future of the Seattle Kraken. You go back one year ago today when you and I were just talking about doing this podcast. I felt weird. I was like, I don't know if I should, could really get into the Seattle Kraken. And fast forward to now, like, I'm, like, into it, man. I'm into it. You know, we're planning a bunch of fun stuff for the fall and trying to make this podcast and, and what we're doing Mm-hmm. you know, way bigger than it is. And I'm into it. I love it. I love having this outlet. I love doing this. This is so fun. So I really love the Seattle Kraken for that. Like we will get to a Kraken game this season. I know it will happen. So long story short, you talked about that with the, the Calder trophy and all that sort of stuff, but I'm very passionate about both these teams. I truly love the Seattle Kraken and I always will love the Detroit Red Wings. So as far as hockey goes, like my hockey heart is fulfilled. I feel fantastic. There's no more room. I'm not taking any other teams. This is it. And my son, actually, my son wanted to sleep in his Kraken jersey the other day. He wanted to sleep in it. Now it's 95 degrees in, in 
Louisiana. Commitment. So I said, dude, as much as I love that, you cannot sleep in that jersey in the wintertime. You can do that. But like that made that that was that was cool. He saw me wearing my Kraken hat. He wanted to wear the jersey. He saw it in his closet. Like he's gonna be wearing a lot this fall. But he also knows he's like, you like the Red Wings too, right? And and he doesn't really know a ton about hockey, but he's into it. He's like, yeah, of course. I love the Red Wings too, but I also love the Kraken. Those are our teams. And he's like, yeah, cool. So you know, I wait, which see jersey starting. did you get him? Which which one is he rocking? Oh, remember I bought the uh, the discounted Giordano jersey after That's he got right. traded? That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I, I still think was a great investment because, you know, first captain in, in Kraken history. Love Mark Giordano. Always will. Always been a class act. I think it's a great jersey to have. Plus, yes. it's a it's that Fanatics jersey. And I when I when I first put it out there on Twitter about buying that jersey, people were like, oh, it's not good quality jersey. It's not. And I'm not just like they didn't pay us shit for this. I paid my money out of my own pocket for this. Like when before it arrived, I was like, oh, no, I'm gonna have to send it back. Sounds like they're gonna be really terrible. They're amazing. They fit great. OK, they really fit well, because some hockey jerseys that I own from the past fit like I'm wearing a, a poncho. Um, these, <laughs> these fit great. They look great. I mean, everything about it's awesome. So uh, yeah. I we have matching Giordano jerseys because they I got the That's kids awesome. version and I got my version. Um, it was an awesome price. Um, I didn't have to pay 250 bucks for, you know, whatever. So the fanat I highly recommend the Fanatics jersey. So yeah, so I'm rocking the Giordano jersey. I feel proud about it. Um, you know, I can't wait to put it on. Just waiting for this, you know, Louisiana weather to cool off a little bit. So long story well, short, I, I'm happy. I love it, man. Because like you and I, and also on the on the Giordano note, really quick, like we were defenders of him because we got surprisingly a decent amount of people being like, I don't understand. Like they're paying him all this money. He's an old dude. Um, blah blah blah. I'm like, I don't think you really understand the role and also like the impact that he has, like not just on the ice but off the ice as well. And then I remember when we interviewed Piper Shaw, and then we, we didn't like prompt her to be like, "Hey, tell us how cool Mark Giordano is." But she told a story about how he, like he would see her and be like, "Oh, hey, Piper, what's going on?" Like offered to help her like pick up her like you know her luggage and stuff like that when she was traveling on the road, and it's stuff like that like, that shows like the character of a person. So, like you said, great overall dude on and off the ice and also the first captain in Seattle crack in history. So I think you made a great investment. It makes me really happy that your kids yeah, rock. You know, that. Yeah. What's yeah, up? I mean, like did the Kraken do anything? So I was saying, do, did the Kraken do anything on the ice in, in the first season? Not, not really, no. but if Mark Giordano, if Mark Giordano was not there, they would have completely fallen apart. So he was the glue that held them together. So he really does, you know, he, it's historic. It's historic. So I agree anyway, I, I agree. The, fu- the future is absolutely bright. And then I think the last thing that we wanted to get into today just happened yesterday. Um, Ed Olchick has left the Chicago broadcast booth and which is like apparently, you know, sh- Chicago, which you're happy about. Probably, Joey, is imploding uh, as far as a hockey city. Yeah, um, they're falling apart that. big time, you know, and Ed, Ed, Ed you may have Eddie O is one of the most respected guys in hockey. Um, he's just a great voice. He's on all the national broadcasts. Um, you know, he's leaving Chicago to come be part of the Seattle Kraken broadcast team with Root Sports. Uh, that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal right there. I think that means a lot. Okay, so I have to I have to ask you, and I'm, you know, here's where I'm going to come from you from a standpoint where, again, still you know a new hockey fan, figuring things out on the fly, can't pronounce anyone's name to save my life, whatever, whatever. So when I when I see this story, I am trying to understand as a new hockey fan why this is such a big deal. I can read about his credentials and everything that he that he's done until I'm blue in the face, but I just wanted to ask you, like, if we're at the bar hanging out, sharing a beer. And I'm like, hey, what's the what's the big deal about this guy coming to the Seattle Kraken? Because that's why I wanted to know, because I saw, you know, Twitter went crazy about it. I saw the athletic had a couple of pieces come out about it, about why he's leaving Chicago and why it's such a big deal for the Seattle Kraken. So just asking you, like friend to friend here, why is it such a monster deal that he's coming to the Kraken? And also, does that mean that JT Brown is out? I mean, I don't know if we can predict the future there, but what they're going to have to make room for him, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And I, I, I love JT. I mean, yeah, me I don't know what's going to happen with him, but Eddie O is, I mean, he's definitely, he, that's the guy. I mean, he's the color guy. Yeah. So I hope JT's still around because, you know, again, first season, I mean, he was there with us. So that would, that would suck. I think, you know, not to take away from JT, I love him and I hope he's around still, but, and I think he will be, um, Ed Olchick is just a likable guy. First of all, he was a defenseman. Old school, won a Stanley Cup with the the New York Rangers in 1994. 
Nice. He moved on to get into color commentary and he ended up going from, I think he was with Pittsburgh for a while and, sh- and then Chicago, oh. but he, he does national broadcast all the time. You saw him on NBC all the time. He's well-liked. He's a trusted guy. People tell him things. He's just, I will say this is it does. And I'm not, I am not JT is young, right. And still learning. And he's got a lot of potential. Yes. But Ed Olchick, Ed Olchick brings in, uh, he brings in just a, a, a air of, he knows what's going on. He's, he's, he's a pro. Um, he's, he's going to compliment the team, right? Mm-hmm. He basically is going to come and be amazing. So that, that's a big deal right there. So like, this is, we've leveled up our broadcast team, which I hate to say because. Yeah, again, I know it's I hard JT. to talk about without, without making it sound like we're slandering JT, yeah. but I'm like, I'm talking about, and it's hard because, because, right. Because we do love him. Like we, we really do. We gave him nothing but praise. You can listen to every episode we've ever had anytime we talked about him. So yeah, but I, I'm trying to talk about Edo and do it in a way that's like completely independent, just like what he brings, right. Without like having to also throw JT into the conversation. Um, and basically at the end of the day, like you said, it is going to level up the broadcast team for the Kraken. you're basically, and what I love, I mean, not only has he been with Chicago for forever now, but also what I love is that he does like national broadcasts on NBC for hockey. So Basically, between him and John Forslund, we have like an all-star national broadcast team who are going to be calling games for the Seattle Kraken. We truly are like hashtag blessed in that regard because I just think it's incredible that we have so much talent. Um, and it's great that he that he's coming to Seattle. I did read a couple of articles on him, and from what I read, it sounds like he wanted to be in Chicago. And the Blackhawks wanted him there to be there too. But at the end of the day, this is a business and it all came down to money. And they weren't, you know, really able to figure that out. And it sounds like, again, they're gutting that organization from top to bottom. Like, it's like a fire sale. Everything has to fucking go. And unfortunately, he was part of that. Seattle saw it as an opportunity. They came in and offered him a contract and he took it. And now he's coming over to the organization. So I'm really excited for it. And uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to also like to hear his work. I can't believe that we have this kind of talent just calling every single game for the upcoming season. It's just another reason to be excited. Exactly. Like it's a, it's bittersweet to me because I would have been perfectly pumped. And, and this is a surprise to me to yes. have, you know, JT Brown still there on the broadcast, but having Eddie Olchuk come in is just, it levels up Seattle crack and hockey. And that is not a knock against JT. Not it's at all. Bitters- no. very bittersweet, but, but I think it's a great thing for us as a whole. Um, that's a tough one for me, but I'm, I'm totally pumped to have him on board. Now here's what's coming up is, so, you know, big the biggest free agency news that happened, Johnny Gaudreau, you know, coveted drama, so much drama, leaving Calgary to go to Columbus. And Joey, I really in the in the Kraken Pod season we just had, um, Joey, I think found a really awesome segment that is detailing cities, finding facts about cities. And I think we're gonna we're gonna go to highlight Columbus because of Johnny Gaudreau, you know, one of the guys that I just kind of hockey lusted after in this uh free agency race here he's going to play for the columbus blue jackets which caught everybody off guard Mm -hmm. but before that i do want to say reminder to be thinking about while you're sitting there going like what the hell am i going to do there's no sports on besides baseball which by the way holy shit the mariners jesus let's go baby julio maybe Seattle Kraken fan, you are thinking DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL and across all sports. Maybe you should start putting some money down on those Mariners. I'm just saying right now, new customers, DraftKings Sportsbook can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. So if your team wins, you get free bets. If Sportsbook's not available in your state, you got a shot to light the light the lamp. You can hit a home run still. Everyone plays for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily, Fantasy Hockey Contests. New customers get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. We're a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, proud member. Use that code THPN. Bet a buck on any team. Get $150 in free bets bets if they win. So promo code THPN, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. 
see our Kraken Pod show notes for all the details on that. And is that where you were going with that is to kind of rub it in my face a little bit about Johnny Gaudreau going to the Blue Jackets that you wanted to highlight? <laughs> no, man. Okay. So, you know, we started doing like the fun facts. I mean, it, it more so started because of all the, you know, the games and, and also like how involved Canada is in the NHL. And as a new hockey fan, like admittedly, I don't really know shit about Canada. So it's kind of an excuse to learn about, um, you know, the lay of the land of our neighbors to the north. And also to be able to share that information and have some fun with it. But honestly, like the way that Calgary media has handled uh, Johnny Hockey leaving them and going to Columbus, it's like the equivalent of like the hot girl that you have a crush on and then you ask her out. And then when she turns you down, you're like, well, I didn't fucking like you anyways. You don't whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like Mm -hmm. it's one of those scenarios. And so it's been really unfortunate. And there's also been a lot of like Columbus slander. And so I was like, you know what, let's have some fun with it and let's do some fun facts because instead of doing a thing where we slander Columbus and kind of jump on that, which I don't believe uh, is right to begin with, how about we just do some fun facts and share some cool stuff about Columbus and why Johnny Hockey would want to go there or just some fun facts about Columbus in general. So basically everyone is doing one thing, we're going to do another. We're going to zig when everyone's going to do a zag. Fun facts for me about Columbus real fast. And I want to touch on Johnny Gaudreau. Apparently his wife worked in the States before the pandemic and was having a hard time getting into Canada. So part of the reason why he wanted to come to the States was because of that. So there's something there. There's some personal issues that happened. And yeah, Calgary, like, I mean, come on, that's not, that's not a good look, Calgary. I mean, they're just, they're just, they're mad because they're kind of falling apart and Mm -hmm. um, their team's not looking so hot for next season. Now, the other fact is I lived in Ohio you know, being from Detroit, that can be kind of tough. But I lived in Ohio for like five years. I lived in Cincinnati. So I've been to Columbus a bunch of times. Oh, it's what? Actually, I didn't know you spent a lot of time there. Okay. Not a lot, but I mean, you know, Cincinnati is like an hour and a half from Columbus. Um, so I did go see some Blue Jackets games in Columbus, like sort of like in that Rick Nash area era. Um, okay. Great place to see it. It's a great small market um town to see a hockey game in so it was cool um and it actually is you know it's a great it's a college town because the you know the ohio state, the ohio ohio state, state university ohio. yeah yeah come on i mean it's so lame yeah. uh osu is there so it's a great college town it's actually a really cool town to visit plus you've got columbus blue jackets hockey which is really neat so um you know i, I actually like columbus you know uh, i've lived actually in uh, multiple c- cities in ohio toledo on the other hand i've lived in toledo ohio that is a dumpster fire of a city that is <laughs> they have hockey there they got the toledo walleye love them the toledo mud hens some baseball there's some it's just cool, cool stuff to it but like overall ah man that was rough so columbus pretty cool city and there's a couple of things on this list of things that i didn't know what, what do you got joey yeah and you know what i had to give you credit because i think you know the fun facts about columbus which i'm about to go through here in a second but you summed it up right there and i read the same thing about his wife um, you know, working in uh, the medical uh, profession and was also like having a hard time getting into Canada while he was in Calgary. And that was a big decision, uh, you know, factor into his decision. So whatever, dude, it's his life. So if you want to hate on a dude for doing what he thinks is, thinks is best for him, then sucks to suck. Find another fucking hobby. So anyways, <laughs> fun facts about Columbus. Uh, roughly 50%, and this is also probably tied into his decision-making. Jeff, I did not know that roughly 50% of people in the United States live within 600 miles of Columbus. So you have major cities like Atlanta, Chicago, and New York. They're less than a day away via car. So if you look at them on a map and you expand 600 miles and do like a circle around that, you're going to see that a lot of places are are within close proximity uh, to Columbus. So you can get around really easy there. It's also the capital of Ohio. Uh, and in, actually, back in the 1800s, they almost named it Ohio City. Thank God they didn't name it Ohio City because that's really embarrassing. Uh, R.L. Stein and Guy Fieri, like I'm a big Guy Fieri fan. They're from Columbus. R.L. Stein, he wrote the Goosebump series. And um, Jeff, I don't know if that was like a little bit after your time, but I remember growing up in like elementary school and reading Goosebumps books. And then that shit would keep me up at night. Then they had like the TV show series. Did you ever read any of those? Um, I don't think I read them, but they were around. They were around yeah, when I was yeah, a kid. So like, yeah, yeah. That guy now, was um, out like 200 bucks a year. I was like, Jesus, dude. Like, how's this guy write so much from Columbus? So there you go. Did I ever tell you that I met Guy Fieri? I think you, I think you might have shared the story. When, when was it again? 
It was in when I was in Cincinnati doing a radio show, and they yeah, right. were recording an episode of uh, Triple D at Blue Ash Chili, uh, mm-hmm. which is like that Cincinnati chili style thing. But it's kind of like a it's like a a diner, really, what it is. And um, yeah, we got yeah, invited yeah. to be part of the taping. We couldn't stay around for like the six seven hours, so we didn't actually make it into the episode. But I got to hang out with with Guy Fieri for like. 15 minutes just me and him and my radio show uh co-host and we just talked to him and he was the coolest dude on the planet i've loved him i always liked him but then when i met him i was like this guy is sincerely genuinely a good guy and yeah, yeah. i've been a huge fan of him ever since so that you know, makes see, me very happy salt of the earth man guy fietti absolutely all good dude yeah what a gracious for everything that he's been given in life and, and worked hard for but yeah. i love that guy i love that guy he's fantastic this is before or after you hung out with justin bieber after but okay. the same era same era <laughs> okay you can All play right. six degrees of jeff janusic and you get pretty far i oh my god dude, i was just thinking about that the, that the other day so anyways uh uh so uh fun facts about columbus moving on so the city so in 1997 that is when the nhl gifted the city of columbus a franchise so what they what they did was they actually had a name contest so people got to submit names of what they wanted it to be and the blue jackets were selected because and i did not know this but i love it is that during the Civil War, the city manufactured thousands of blue jackets for Union troops, and the state of Ohio provided more Union soldiers than any other state in the United States. So there you go. Like, that's the reason why they are the blue jackets. I just think it's pretty cool. There's a lot of history there. And then the last uh, fun fact that I have pulled up here is that downtown, they have a bronze statue of Arnold Schwarzenegger because back in 1970, there was a weightlifting competition that he won, and he said, when I retire from bodybuilding, I'll be back. He literally said, I'll be back. He said, I'll be back, (laughs) and I will put together a major bodybuilding competition right here in Columbus every single year. And then from then on, he actually worked with the event organizer from from that competition, and they created Mr. Olympia together. And then every year, there's the Arnold Sports Festival, which is a fitness expo that they hold in Columbus uh, again, every single year, you know, everyone gets together, do the fitness thing. You know, they they flex and all that shit, get oiled up, whatever the fuck they do. But anyway, so that is why uh, he has a bronze statue of him downtown. He fell in love with the city and created something for them. So there you go. There's my there's my fun facts about Columbus. Sounds like a pretty, uh, pretty decent place to visit. And you know what? It's good enough for Johnny Hockey. It's good enough for me. Did I ever tell you that I worked out with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Shut the fuck up. You're messing no, up. I'm just kidding. Orange yeah. Theory? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Orange Theory. Welcome to Orange Theory. Time to hit the treadmill. Watch your knees. Just crushing the treadmill. Oh, my God. I would I would pay to see that. Do you like oranges? I love oranges. I like to eat oranges while I pick up the, the, the weights and I move around and I eat orange. I crush oranges and I eat oranges and I, I work out on the treadmill. I get orange juice all over and it's good for your pores. I don't even want to stop you. I want you to just keep going on this. I feel like he's going to run on the treadmill like he's chasing after T-1000. Come on. Come on, Jeff. Listen to this Britney Spears remix of... uh, of, uh, Toxic. Shoot, toxic. Shoot, I totally messed it up. I had a good flow (laughs) on there. Let me pump into the let me pump into the toxic remix so that you can hit the next phase of the... Go to the weight floor. Jeff, you're you're picking up the 10-pound weights. You're puny, disgusting. Disgust me. Yeah, now I'm getting into the Hans and Franz thing. Anyway, yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> the depths. Anyways, we've reached the depths. We, we've reached the depths. Jeff is doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation that's somehow tied into Columbus. That's somehow tied into Johnny Hockey. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I think uh, here's what's coming up is we're working on some stuff behind the scenes. Uh, Joey Sorry. and I are next couple of weeks literally getting together to plan out the whole season. I'm talking giveaways. I'm talking special guests that are going to be on the show. We, we're literally working deals on Twitter DMs right now to have people uh, do cool things for our show um, that are tied closely to the Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much going on. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So yes, it is. I'm excited for what's to come here. Uh, also too, it's crazy as like, uh, since I started recording this podcast, like crazy stuff's happened. So I have to go back into the veterinary client and talk oh, about no. this crazy. Yeah. My, my dog's in there too. So I got to go back and get him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But also too, there's like, I guess there's a whole bunch of stuff going on inside, like business stuff that I got to go work on. There's, there's oh, crap. It's, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's absolutely insanity uh but it's good it's good times it's good times great oldies so (laughs) what i wanted to say is joey have an awesome week dude you know 
maybe go clean for a couple days. I am too. I'm actually, my wife and I said Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're, we're, we're off the juice. Okay? No, more off wine, the juice. no more wine at the house. We're going to take three days off, you know, okay, summertime, good. summertime living is, is going strong. That means, you know, a couple of glasses a night, um, you know, but it's, we got to take, we got to take, we got to get back to school mode. So we're starting to wean ourselves off the juice. So wean yourself off the juice a little bit. I need you in prime crack and pod shape by the time, okay. you know, mid August, September comes. So be thinking about that. Okay. I'm thinking about it. I'm always thinking about it. I'll try to wean off the juice, but there's no promises. Like I'm supposed to be in Nashville, by the time this podcast comes out, there's probably a chance I'm already there. So I'll do my best. But well, yes, then okay, get, get back on yeah. the juice. Go ahead, Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy enjoy your life. I'm just saying, you know, like you, although you could you could stay on the juice and work on that Kraken Pod New Orleans tour. That uh, you know, research that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. just keep doing you. Yeah. Keep doing you, man. Thanks, dog. Appreciate All right, cool. All right, well, uh, great episode. Thank you so much for listening. Also, too, thanks to everybody who's really been big on Twitter with us and talking to us and and giving us those five star ratings. Joey put the call out last week asking for five star reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And wow, thank you. You've really done us a big solid as we try to grow this thing. So you truly are a part of this with us. So, you know, like. You're a builder. You're there from day one, too, for the Kraken Pod. So thank you so much for that. You know, if you can, go give us that five-star. Go do that. That'd be fantastic, right? Um, but also, too, stick with us on Twitter. And, and coming soon in the next couple of uh, months here, we're going to be hitting up that TikTok and be hitting up that Instagram. So be ready for that, too. Always look for at Kraken Pod on social media. Have a great week. It's good times to be a Seattle Kraken fan. And don't forget, we do like to leave you with our chirp of the week. What is a chirp? A chirp, in hockey terms, is trash talk amongst hockey players. So they call it chirps. You talk trash on the ice, you get chirped. And typically hockey players are a little lame and dry when it comes to being in front of a microphone. But on the ice, they're funny, as evidenced by this. So have a great week. Let's go Seattle Kraken. Thanks for listening to What Lies Beneath. Enjoy your What Lies Beneath chirp of the week. All right, Johnny, I noticed you really got to work on your chirp game. Why don't you chirp the Zamboni? Let's see what you got. Sweet rims, man. That's terrible. No wonder you won the pink this year. Hey, nice jacket. Nice jacket. Does it come in men's? Nice jacket. Does it come in men's? Yeah.